It is finally time, listeners. We're back with another episode of the Novel Expressions Book Club. I'm Natalie, the youngest sister. I'm Jess, the middle sister. I'm Pam, the oldest sister. And I'm Nancy, their mom. <laughs> that was a really good one, mom. Well done. That was excellent. Like, <laughs> 10 out of 10 on that one. So upbeat, yeah. <laughs> it's because we're back to Beatrice. That's why. Yes. Right. You got She's it. so excited for the long-anticipated book, The Wicked Widow by Beatrice Williams. And the title scared all of us. But now that we've read it, we're maybe a little bit less scared. So let's dive in. Well... I am too, too excited because when I read Beatrice's notes at the end, it tells me clearly, right, ladies, that there's going to be a fourth book in this series. Agree? Well, even without reading the author's note, there better be because she left way too much hanging in both stories. But I did go ahead and read the author's note. And yes, there's a line where Beatrice says, Jin's trials aren't over yet. And so to me, that means she's got more to say. Yeah, she also mentioned something about her publisher, surprise publisher. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that's right in that part. She says, I don't know if my publisher has figured it out yet, but yeah, Jin's trials aren't over yet. Yep. Well, I mean, she couldn't leave us with such a cliffhanger of like Aunt Julie being like, they don't know what's coming for them. I know, right? And I just feel like in both time periods, the Ella time period and the Jen time period, there's still more that we need to find out because I'm just not quite satisfied yet with either story. Totally agree with you. I want to go back and like, so we joined that book talk with her, I don't know, three or four weeks ago now. And I want to go back and like, watch her face for cues when they're talking about writing a trilogy and like was she secretly hee hee because we hadn't read the book then right yeah (sighs) well i do remember her saying and this is so true she said you know people are worried about wicked but or widow but that could have lots of different meanings and so i found myself thinking about all the different ways and let me just tell you i you know you said now that we've read it you know, we're not scared anymore. I, you, I was scared like the whole time for different reasons mm-hmm. about what was going to happen. Even when it happened, oh, I don't know. It, we'll we'll right. talk about Absolutely that, I know. right. So nervous the whole time. But you know, Beatrice always does this to us. She takes us on these crazy wild rides and it's so incredibly enjoyable. Well, let's talk about something gross. How <laughs> gross is it? No, of course. Dive right in, Ma. I want to talk about something gross. <laughs> Ella's soon-to-be ex had been sleeping with her cousin. What? Also, cousin has been sleeping with her husband. Okay, right, we have to right. look at both sides. Right. And it's been happening since they met at the wedding, yes. Ella and Patrick's wedding. And all this time, he's been trying to woo her back and talking about how he misses her and he made a mistake. Oh, really? And you're continuing to make mistakes, but that doesn't count? Just the prostitute counted? That part made me so crazy because there were a couple parts where he was being extra sweet to her. And I was like, huh, maybe he is actually apologetic. And then when that all happened, I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I almost was going to... Forgive him, but and now actually, I can't. 
And actually, Jess, I was doing just the opposite. I was going, please, Ella, don't fall for this. Please don't fall for this. He's a lying cheat. He's not redeemed. He's just saying this to you. And then when that happened, I was like, see, I told you he was just a creep. Well, and really you see just how creepy he is because mm -hmm. not only now, okay, at least he and Ella are separated at this point when they get back together, when he, when he and the cousin get back together, but she's about to marry supposedly his friend, like really close to the wedding, like a couple weeks before the wedding. So it just really shows you what a jerk he is. And it makes me question like the whole, we really want him to be in the wedding thing. Like who yes. really wanted him to be in the wedding? No kidding. Also, can you remind me of the cousin's name? I'm drawing a blank. No. Mindy, <laughs> Mindy or? No. no. Okay. Well, whatever her name is. You're reminding me of a Mindy. Ginny? Jenny? No. 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 Okay. I'll look it up. All right. Thank you. While you're looking it up, I just have to say that she annoyed me from the moment I met her. Mm -hmm. and a couple things about that for me first of all I was having a hard time being annoyed by one of Vivian and Paul's children because I love Viv and Paul so that was hard for me yeah. but she was super annoying even the way she talked and then I kept reminding myself she's young mm -hmm. but then I think it's kind of cool because Beatrice kind of made me not like her already before I even found that out you know so it, I don't know I just she just was, yeah that's it yeah that's it yeah. Yeah. So uh, like Mindy or something. Yeah. Really e -E. close. <laughs> Had the EE -E sound. I agree. I also was like, why are you so annoying when you're one of their kids? But I guess not every kid turns out good. Except for us. Right. We all turn well, out I good. mean, there is one who. Right. Didn't. The jury's still out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the jury's right. in. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, who are we really talking about? We're like right. Beatrice right now. It could mean lots of things. It could. It could be lots of ways. But we all know. Right. We know. Yes, right. true. All right. Well, let's get off of Patrick and talk about... Oh, can I say uh, one more thing about Patrick? I suppose. Because the fact that Lissy was sleeping with him, I thought I remembered that... that um, uh, Ella didn't even think he was very good in bed. Oh, yes, you're right. I do from like one of the first books. Yeah. And I'm she thinking, was, yes, you're right. Of course, Lizzie's young. So Lizzie. She's, Lizzie, whatever her name is. She's young. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, I mean, Hector is amazing in bed, isn't he? I mean, I don't yeah. know personally, but, but I haven't tried him out. What he is? Yes. Sounds like it. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about Hector. Well, hold on. Before we do, I was just looking to see, are we going to circle back to Patrick? Because I suppose we should at least talk about his accident. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, don't like the guy at all, but wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, you're right. And I really appreciated Ella's compassion. Like, that's an awful thing you know, mm -hmm. that happened to him. And she recognizes like how hard that's going to be to deal with. And I think she's very kind. That's something I love about her. Also, he was, I mean, I know he had been with Lizzie, but also he really was trying to help her with that whole thing. And it's probably what got him in that situation. Not saying it's her fault, but right, right. that would be really tough to, to know that he's getting involved in doing some snooping because you asked him to. And 
Yeah, but according to Lizzie, the reason he got hit was because he was having a dalliance with her that day at her apartment or whatever. No, but he got hit because he got taken out by someone from FH Trust. Because there's sure. a hit. It, was, it wasn't an accident. That no, was no. They were trying to kill him. I will tell you, when she first told him about that, I was like, this is how suspicious I am of him. Don't tell him. He's on their side. He's mm. going to, you know, I was afraid that he was working for them. Well, okay. So the one thing about his accident that was like, okay, Patrick, you suck. He didn't even tell his mom that they I were, know. like, not together. I know. Well, because he was holding out hope that he could talk her right. into it. Oh. And he doesn't, he's not man enough to tell his mom what he did. Mm-hmm. Gross. Hopeful. Yeah. But, so, Plus, yeah. I a sociopath, you don't, don't want to ever make yourself look bad. True. True. And I think he is. He probably is. You're right. But I feel like if there was any doubt that someone was trying to kill him, that doubt is removed by the 2 p or 2 a.m. Someone creeping into the house. Oh, yeah. Like someone Same is trying that. to off him. Yeah. And it makes me so nervous for Ella. And now we have to wait, like, what, a year to find out what's going to happen to her? Mm-hmm. She better be already writing it. <laughs> it's very stressful. Okay. We can move on to Hector now. Because how cute is he at the beginning of the book when he's taking care of Ella? And it's not even his child you know, and he's just being like so sweet, like setting out the orange juice and the vitamins for her and making sure to take care of her and stayed with her through that whole thing. And it hasn't even been that long, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very good to her. I also thoroughly enjoyed how Ella's mom and aunt Julie, anytime they talked about Hector, they always <laughs> gave him a different adjective in the front, like hunky Hector horny Hector and it it just cracked me up and they're true a hundred percent but just that these older women are talking about Hector like that yeah and although he is a dream we did discover that he isn't perfect do you think the secret of him being a father can be kept because that's a huge secret no me neither um, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit confused by my note right now. I don't think it'll be a, a secret. I think it's going to come out, especially because he looks so much like, mm-hmm. you know, Hector and like the fact that Ella was noticing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the note that's here and I'm wondering if it's out of place, but Beatrice told us in the virtual event that we saw how, however long ago, a few weeks, three or whatever, weeks, four weeks, that, yeah. that in this book, she wasn't holding back, you know, that there was like a lot of craziness, a lot of, I don't know, over the top kind of wow. You like stuff that I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's telling like, us that. Oh, she's are. telling us that like, she's giving us details. People are spouting off all kinds of stuff like crazy. Um, so maybe what I'm referencing here is um, the girl, Lulu, yeah. some of the things that she says and talks about. And can you imagine being Ella and hearing those things? Mm-mm. Well, and I think because we, I think every reader was so like, yes, Hector, he's amazing. He's so wonderful. And then we get this past that he had that totally, at least it shocked me. And so that was definitely one of those, like Beatrice is not holding back. She's pulling out all the steps and just get kind of crazy in this one. 
I will tell you the whole time he was in California before Ella went out there, I was a nervous wreck because I was thinking, what is going on? And I know that, you know, like she's pregnant with some other guy's baby and they're not actually, you know, married or engaged or anything, but I was just so afraid of what was happening out there. Yeah, I think that's, that's for me, like, I'm glad Hector's not perfect, but that's the thing for me where I'm like, oh, Hector, like, you knew it was your ex. You just did not disclose that information. Like, ugh. Yeah, but, that was a big mistake. And maybe he could have taken her out there from the get-go. Right. Right. And that would have maybe changed things. Right. Well, definitely both stories took me on a wild ride. I was just, my emotions were all over the place. I was hating people. I was a nervous wreck. I was excited. I was worried. It was crazy. I, it's really interesting. I noticed it much more in this book, but I think it is true of all three of the Wicked books is that we spend a lot more of the book in terms of like page content in okay. Jin's story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was in a totally all in on Jin's story. And then we get back to Ella and then it would be like, Ella's would be so quick. And I was like, Oh, I want more. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just, but I really loved both the stories. Yeah. So something I was thinking about with that. And also I figured out my note. So it, it, it got, it's misplaced my, uh, yeah. And Beatrice wasn't killing or kidding when she said she wasn't holding back. That was supposed to be when mom was talking about the wild rides. So now I understand why I was confused. But I want to say something I was thinking about this morning in the shower is the timing in this book, which makes sense with what you're saying, Natalie, because in the span of what we've seen in three books now, it's over a year for Jen. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. months for Ella. Right. So can you imagine writing like that? And, and thinking about, okay, not only am I in these two different time periods, but in this one, time's moving slower, mm -hmm. you know? And in this one, we're moving along. You know, things are happening. Because think about it. Ella's been pregnant the whole time in her story. Right. Jen's pregnant and had a child. Like, boom, 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 you know? Right. Wasn't right. pregnant, got pregnant, had the child all within that time. The, the timing of it is really cool. Didn't know the baby's father at the start of the very first book. Hadn't met him yet. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what, I will tell you their honeymoon time mm. and it, oh my gosh, that was delightful. A dream. Oh, I loved reading about that. Just loved it. Well, what do you think happened to Lulu? Do you think Anson killed her? Did he know she was pregnant? What do you think? So you're talking Luella? Yeah. Whatever okay. it is. I want to make sure not Lou like Hector's Lou. No, not that one. Well. Mom okay. doesn't know what any of these people are in the story, but she definitely read the book. When you said <laughs> Anson, so I figured that's who you mean. I don't remember. I mean, unless they're the main, main characters, I don't remember their names. Fair enough. So um, that snake and that yeah. right. Well, and, and actually, as I'm thinking about it, it's kind of interesting that there would be a Lou in both. Yeah. You know, Lou like Lou. Yeah. Lou. And they're both kind of villains. Right. Yes. Lulu Goring, yeah, who we'll talk about, and then also Lou Kingston, Bronstein, whatever, whoever she is. Anyway, I don't know about Anson doing it because at the time that the newspaper arrives to say that she's that she died, Anson's with Jen. I suppose it could have just caught up, or that. But he had um, just come back, hadn't he? Maybe, yeah. My thought: I wondered if uh, good old Granny Hardcastle paid her a visit. 
because was she about to expose or, or get them in trouble? So I don't know. That was one of my thoughts. Wait a minute. Was this before or after? Um, was this before or after Jen made the trip to Granny Hardcastle's house? It's after. like, it's like, but it's like directly after. Scene. Yeah. Like she just got back. Yeah. Gets right. Back at, oh, but, right. So it. No, no, hold on. There's no way that, that uh, Hardcastle wouldn't know about Luella. Yeah. Like well, she yeah, knew about true. her. Jen's yeah. not the one that exposed her for sure. Totally. She definitely knows about her. Yeah, I, um, so, okay, here's, I'm looking back because I, I suspected Anson or whether or not Anson directly, I suspected that Anson had a hand in it. So like a couple of chapters before it says something, um, it says something like Anson looks down at me a moment, right peculiar. He has acted all day, crackling with some kind of unnatural energy, queer, bright light burning in his eyeballs. That's like, I don't know, three chapters because they're so short maybe even more before you even before Jin goes and visits Hardcastle and then the telegram comes so that makes me think he was part of it mm -hmm. I feel like he was too I guess maybe we'll find out in book four yeah and it makes you wonder did he know she was pregnant well right <laughs> right I'm not gonna lie I, I think this is one of those things where Beatriz is you know, just getting a little crazy, like she said. It really bugged me that Anson left Jen like that after he, she had asked him not to, and then he kept believing everything that Luella was saying, and it was totally snowed by her. It, I, like, I, there were parts of this book where I didn't really like him, and up until this point, I have loved Anson. So it was a really hard thing for me to swallow. Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely did not like him as much this book. Especially like he was very he was very remorseful about like the whole thing that happened with Luella, but like, bro, you just married Jen. You finally you've decided you're going to go and be with her and then you go back in. You go deep undercover mm -hmm. for these people like you know it's in an untrustworthy situation because of what just happened in the last book like. Mm. Well, and that's what I think. Like your dad just right okay in the first you know the first instance your brother right. now your dad you know and also just that everything but i guess it had to happen right for this book but all that stuff could have been avoided mm -hmm. if he had just stayed well and and yeah. now your mom like right. that part for me yeah. was shocking. And mom actually texted me and she was like, we didn't book talk literally yeah. it was one text, but she was like, I just read the part. I forget what you said, but like, I just read the part about what happens to Teresa. Oh my gosh. I, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was just so incredibly shocked, but I got to say something. I think I have to give Beatrice credit for what she did with Anson because she made us not like this perfect guy for a little bit of time. And I think what she was showing us is that even people who have a really strong ethical character and everything can believe a lie and can get, you know, can be led by someone like that. And he, you know, she was right though. He, he was married to the government and to the bootlegging, you know, prohibition cause and everything. And he did put that, unfortunately, before Jen. And that was one of the things that Bronstein 
said to him that really stuck with him was that you got to put your wife and your baby before anything else. And he finally learned that. So I think he had that savior complex where he felt like he was going to be able to single-handedly stop all of that. And, and he found out that he's just a man. Well, she did that with both of the male leads that we were in love. We loved both Hector and Anson unfailingly yep. until this moment. And she, yep. she made us not, which, but I still love them both. Just yes. to be clear. Yes. But she warned us in that mm-hmm. virtual book right. talk. She did. Was, she did. And I, I do think that's what makes her such a good writer because I think anyone who can turn readers against a character that they were diehard for, that's pretty impressive. And then turn us back around. Right. Yes. <laughs> because at the, end, at the end of the novel, are you mad at Hector or Anson? I mean, are, are no. You, no. Nope. I love them both. Well, I'm leery. Leery, huh? I'm a little leery. Of Anson? Or of both of them. I'm I not, just want to say, be good, boys. Yeah, I'm not Learn leery. Learn from your mistakes. Oh, so, okay. You guys are human after all. You guys are stupid men. <laughs> like every other, I'm sorry, I didn't say that out loud, did I? <laughs> Um, the other thing I will say about, so now, so we've, we've learned or read about parts of the Marshall family at later points in time without knowing this information that Teresa also died while Marie was quite young. And so what we learned in, I don't know which book, maybe our, I feel like actually might've been our woman in Moscow, I think. Because we learned it relatively recently. We'll have to go. This is why this one reader, our one listener, asked us to list the books on the character tree. Anyway, we learned that Marie is the mistress of Charles Schuyler, as in Viv Pepper, Tiny's dad. And it's like, ugh, she's way younger, I think. So now it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because her, her poor childhood was, I mean, think about it. In her few years so far and this is really sad when you think okay billy all within a year right billy gets horribly hurt um you know he's never going to be the same dad dies silvo i had to think of his name for a second silvo dies trying to rescue anson she thinks anson's dead at the point Mm -hmm. when Teresa gets gunned down and all of them have been so traumatic and violent Like, it's not like, oh, somebody had a heart attack. Not that that's not awful, but like people have been after them. Like think of the fear like that family might be feeling. And I don't know if they keep a lot of that from her, but just really, really sad. And I feel so sad for Anson too, because I think part of his whole going back for more is partly like trying to avenge Mm -hmm. what has been done to his family. Do you think Marie will ever find out that she actually wasn't her dad's kid? (laughs) which is if you think about it her whole life has been a bunch of lies and turmoil and right but her dad is delicious Mm -hmm. but he is in california correct so crazy i do want to bring up one more male character that irked me in this one so in the other books we met christopher the bartender at that really cool speakeasy and i had liked him up until this point and then we find out he is not really a good guy at all. He was totally working with Luella um, and trying to, you know, go against Anson and Jen. And I mean, he did marry Jen because he wanted her for himself. But I just, oh, it, it really bugged me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, that, so that part was like really freaking me out when she's deciding to be with him. And I'm just like, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, please don't marry him. I was really glad she didn't get on that ship, that she got connected with her dad. Her dad! Uh, which, are we even planning on talking about that? Like, what? Oh, yeah, we are. Yes, totally, totally going to talk about that. But sure. anyway, I was very happy that that intervening happened and that didn't go completely off the rails. And at the same time that he wasn't awesome, because I did love him before also, just as the bartender. And then at the same time that he was bothering me, because I felt like he was like squirming his way in, and then we find out Creeping. he lied and stuff. I feel like there's still also a part of him trying to make sure that his little spoiled sister doesn't do too much damage. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I think he was trying to protect Jin and all of it, which I appreciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, like, he's just helping her way too much. Yeah. Helping Luella. Yeah. Him. And we don't actually know what happened to him, right? He's just kind of disappeared at this point? We, yeah, he I, got away somehow. Yeah. That's, we're left to believe that. Right. But we do so now have an understanding of how Bruno has the speakeasy and how, so Hector's, what is he, Hector's great-grandfather? Yeah. Okay. So. And so what was her name, the girl that married him? Mary Ellen? Mary Ruth? Mary Ruth. Ruth Mary? I don't know. Um, One of those. One of those. (laughs) I think her first name is Ruth. Ruth Mary Leary? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sounds Sounds right. So one of the things we always love when we read a Beatrice book is all the... Wait a second. Oh, sorry. I I just want to think about that for a second. So... Bruno is Hector's great something, but so who does that make Hector a descendant of? Is is he Ruth Ruth Mary or whatever her name is? He her Ruth Mary's daughter with Bruno is his mom. Okay, he said it. I'm pretty sure. I just want to make he's, sure he's not, he's not related to Jen. Not related to Jen. No. Well, and he no. wouldn't have been related to Jen or Ella. Yeah, regardless, I wanted to make sure he wasn't related to what's his face. Um, her stepdad. No, her stepdad. Oh, gosh. Whose stepdad? Jin's stepdad. Oh, Kelly? Yeah. No, Duke because Kelly, no. Remember, Jin said Ruth Mary's whatever her name right, is. Right, I feel like that's not right. Yeah, no, no. Okay, so Duke Kelly probably had Dad his way with, with Ruth her. Mary. Her, her youngest. <laughs> we should find out. I like it. I just finished last night, but I was much more focused on other characters. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was Ruth Mary. It is Ruth Mary. Ruth Mary Leary. Leary. I got that character okay. right. No, I don't think so, because That's here's why. I'm pretty sure that was a little boy. Her youngest to that point, like yeah, yeah, to yeah. what we know in here, was a little boy Duke, that looked like Duke Kelly. That's mm-hmm. what Jen noticed. But then it sounds to me like Bruno and Ruth Mary get together. Yes. have a daughter that yeah. daughter is Hector's mom okay so I need I need some clarification about this too so then Ella is a direct descendant of Jin yes yes we're like wait till we talk about that. right yes. okay yes. are we getting to that okay because I yes. just know how uh, not like a direct direct descendant but Jin is in her she's like a great great aunt a Skylar Right. Okay, so yeah. let me see. I I wrote this out, and we're jumping. Are you we okay with this? So she's she is um, Ella's great 
aunt because she would have been Pepper and what's her face that that group's aunt. Their aunt. Correct. That's what I wrote. I said, so I have a note here. Also, Jen is a Skylar. Like mm -hmm. crazy, right? So Julie would be her aunt. Tiny Pepper and Viv are her nieces, which would make Ella her great niece. Right. Now, half, I mean, you know, she like Charles Skyler, not his wife. Right. Right, 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 right. Still, she's a Skyler. Well, his wife isn't a Skyler, so. I know, but right. I, yeah. It's I, their I, line, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, in terms that. of when I, when I was also looking at, like, the nieces and that kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of funny that Julie is her aunt. It's amazing. You know? yeah. It's like, duh. <laughs> like, genetically. Right. Yeah. It makes a Very ton simple. of sense yeah. how they are. Yes. And the fact that, remember that scene where Ella recognizes herself in the picture of Jin? Mm -hmm. and she goes oh, like and I thought oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh I mean that's like I had so, so many cool. emotions when I was reading this book I can't yeah. wait to read it again I know yeah because I was like racing through it and not because of time because of like oh my gosh oh, what's gonna happen so what's gonna delicious. happen I read it in a day like literally the day yes, came out I, finished. I could not stop it was pathetic <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, going back, I, I love for us to kind of um, just like talk about all the call outs and all the characters and who we get updated on because it's always one of my favorite parts of a Beatrice book. So obviously we've got a lot of Marshalls and a lot of Skylers, which was cool um, to kind of get to know things. So Charles, obviously, Julie, Viv, Pepper, even Philip the lawyer with William, Williams, which, what's the order? Willig, Williams, and White. Thank you. The, the um, law firm, right, mm -hmm. as mentioned. But then how about some of the other ones, like Carol Goring? How about and, Tiny and her husband? I love yeah. that she's not there. Yeah, I've got them on there too. Yeah, Carol Goring, Miranda Thomas from Summer Wives, Tiny and Caspian, and not just getting to hear about them, but like sitting down with Visiting them and having with coffee. Them. Yeah. Yes. And like learning about all their crazy family of kids. Oh, and you know what we still don't know? We still don't know, right, who Ella's dad is. No. Pepper Correct. knows. Aunt Julie, we think, knows. Tiny definitely must know. And Cassie knows. Could Correct. be, could be in the Hardcastle family. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not prepared for that. He was a politician. Remember? Oh, but he, he was, was Tiny's husband. Well, Frank was, Frank yeah. was, but I'm thinking like, what if it was like a cousin or something, oh, you know, how it is with like the Kennedys, it's mm. like the hard castle. I don't know, but he was a politician. Yeah. So, okay. I'm really excited to update the character tree. Beatrice and I exchanged some messages on Instagram about it. Uh, she made, she said something like, oh, you have to update your character tree. And I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah, we do. However. <laughs> There's one piece I'm really confused about. So I made a note that, okay, so my note that I wrote down was that Miranda is the daughter of Pepper's dad's uncle, Thomas. So, mm -hmm. however, if I look at the character tree, that actually doesn't quite work so I'm trying to figure out like so okay so let's say you 
mom's dad and one of mom's dad's brothers, okay, but the brother's son. That wouldn't be our uncle, right? The brother's son would be your cousin, your second cousin or something, or were your cousin once removed. Yeah, so this is where I'm getting confused because according to my character tree, that's how they're connected. But she made a comment, but in the book it says that it's, it doesn't say how it's mapped on the tree. So I almost feel like I have to go back and read all these books again. Yeah, but maybe I mess something not, up. it's not from that side. But he's a, I mean, they're saying she's a Skylar even though she's a Thomas. Okay. Right? Is that what you're saying, Natalie? So, so basically, Nat, would it be Summer Wives we'd need to go back and read? I think I just need to go back and read Summer Wives because what I, I, I noted down who, who her dad who her dad's dad was, and it was not the same dad of Charles Schuyler. But there's a reference to the fact that like they shared an uncle, mm -hmm. but that's like, that doesn't make sense to me. But then Beatrice made a comment about like, I need to write a story about um, Miranda's uncle and his experience in World War II. And then I started to go, well, wait a second. Is that the grandfather? Would that be like Viv, Tiny and Pepper's grandfather? Or would that be the brother of Miranda's dad? Hmm. And then I started to get really confused and I feel like I'm, I'm already confused. My head is going, huh? So we'll have to look at the, the tree together and I'll show you, but I do think also, I need to go back and reread. Beatrice, Beatrice, if you're listening, you could just send us a message on Instagram. You, and let us you know. could just, we could have a video chat. You could, that's that what would I'm be saying. lovely. That would or be a lovely person for Christmas present. You could just actually come to, to our state and city and we'll take you out to dinner. That's right. Yes. We'll, we'll treat That's you right. well. Yeah. And we'll, we'll we will reread whatever books we need to before yeah. that happens so that we, we can. We will quit our jobs so that we can do that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Also, you mentioned this earlier. We have a listener who would like book, um, like the book titles to go with characters. So I was thinking about that. Remember when we first started out, Nat, we made that Google sheet that had like, we were putting the books there. So that would be, that would be helpful reference. But also how would we do it though, when they've come up in multiple books? You just like, so Beatrice kind of does it on the tree she has on her website, which is just the Schuyler family. Mm -hmm. So she just lists like for Julie, it's like all the books is okay. what listed under her. When yeah. they reappear. Yeah. Okay. That, cause that's the only thing, some of them now, and she, again, in that virtual talk, not that long ago, she said, you're getting all kinds of, you know, I'm bringing them all back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And there are so many references here. Gosh, I feel like I know these people and they're mm -hmm. just, we do. Characters. Yeah, we totally do. So let's talk about Charles. We mentioned that he is, we finally get to find out who Jen's dad is. Um, and, and that's been something for the last couple of books that she's been wondering about and we've kind of been guessing about. And I thought about Charles before, but I kept making him too young or her too old. So first of all, I do forget that she's only 23. Yeah. Because sometimes she's like an old soul. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I do forget that. And, and so legitimately he could be 43, you know? So it's not like he's old. Yeah, because he at was in college, like right? not at all. Forty three is not old. So middle age, <laughs> but I do. I, I think part of it was I was forgetting that, you know, that 
their ages, but because I, I did wonder about him before. Well, I also think the Charles and Charles the Sun is confusing because we know that Charles the Sun is only like 10. So it's like, wait a second, but no, that's his son and not the dad. And anyway, I think that adds to the confusion. Just like the whole Vivian thing added to the confusion. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so true. So we talked uh, yeah. about the fact that Jen's a Skylar. Um, and I, we, I referenced the genetics and how she reminds me of um, Julie so much. There was a passage I wrote down. You know me. I like to have my little evidence to share. Um, this, to me, is like the epitome of Julie Schuyler. Did I say Schuyler just a minute ago? No, you said Schuyler. Okay. Anyway, whew, I remember making that mistake way back when. So Julie Schuyler. And here's, um, this is Ella with her at the dunes, you know. And Ella turned to look at Aunt Julie. What a relic she was. What a living monument. Had she really lost her virginity on the library window seat 80 years ago when the First World War had only just ended and women couldn't yet vote for the laws that bound them and speakeasies hadn't been thought of? Now here she sat on a worn tapestry footstool she'd probably sat on as a child when the tapestry was fresh and the colors bright. The whole 20th century contained inside her head depression and war and baby boom and civil rights, the things she knew, a whole lifetime of secrets, people who had lived and loved and schemed and died, all lurking there behind that powdery forehead. And that's so true because that's, that's Julie for us. Yes. Like she's been through all of the, you know, I'm thinking back to like hundred summers, right? You know, mm -hmm. and then through all of these novels that we've read, she is involved in so many ways and knows so many things and clearly has more secrets to tell. Well, especially since they were able to get that desk drawer unlocked and got access to the stuff, the goods. But how cool to have this family home and to be 90 and like, oh yeah, like have so many memories in one place. Like that is just so, such an interesting thing. You know what else I like about it? Even though they have oodles of money, they don't try to get the newest things. Mm -hmm. They had very exquisite stuff and they're letting it kind of just age with, you know, it's like- They didn't even I, have AC. I know, I just like that about it's, they don't have to be showy about the fact that they have money. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. You just enjoy it. Someone referenced uh, Beatriz's virtual book talk a little bit ago and that's actually, so someone had asked her on that book talk, like, how do you go about writing a trilogy or writing sequels to where you're not like re-saying all the stuff from the last book, but you're sharing enough to where people can understand. And I think that's something that Beatriz does really well, not just in these books that are all connected, like in the same storyline, but just in general, I feel like she gives us just enough information about characters or important events from past stories without having to tell us too much to where we're kind of bogged down and oh yeah you already told us that why are you telling us that again yeah. just really good at it because we have read a book or two like that where we felt like when we read the second book all the person did was rehash the whole story that we had already read just from a different viewpoint or something do you guys remember that mm -hmm. it was like i felt like so ripped off yeah, like the first part of the book, is that's all it was. And it's like, just get on with the new story already. Yeah, I already know this. I read the first book. Stop it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I noticed she was dropping little hints here and there about like the buttons and the, the speakeasy mm-hmm. and the different characters, but it was never overdone. Right. Totally agree. She's just all around good. She is. I mean, so we've mentioned like the timing, you know, of her stories, the, the characters keeping that all straight, the, um, like you're talking about the kind of recapping things from the past. Another thing we like to talk about with her is the research she's done yeah, and, and what goes into her writing of the book. And then I also like how she'll share those things. So, you know, I think I mentioned in, was the last one Wicked City? Redhead. Redhead. Red, okay, Red have a second. Sorry. Um, in that book, I remember mentioning like the pirate scene was so crazy for me. Like, how does that, is that real? You know, like, what was this like? Well, in the author's note of this book, she said, if you're eager to learn more about the world depicted in The Wicked Widow or just skeptical that I maybe overdid things, Abbott's book makes for eye-opening reading. And she was talking about the whole bootlegging scene and the, the way people were killed for, you know, crazy things and just that whole gangster kind of mob type mentality is what it reminded me of. And it, and when you're reading it, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is so crazy. It's so intense. And is this real? Did this really happen? But yeah, I guess it did because she's basing it on research she did and including it in her book. And I like that she tells us that, you know, it gives us that backing for what really happened. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up. And I just want to start by saying, I love Beatrice. She's my favorite author. However, when I started reading this book, I did not feel like Jen's voice was the same as what we've seen in Wicked City and Wicked Redhead. And all throughout I was bothered by a few things, most specifically the dropping of L-Y on a lot of words where I was like, ah, this is making me crazy just from like a grammatical standpoint, but also like it just reads funny. So I did go back today to look and see if she sounded the same. I only looked at Wicked Redhead. I did not look at Wicked City as well. I don't feel like she sounds the same. And I don't know if it's just like the circumstances and the stress and the pressure that like is surrounding her that she's being more of like, she's not as polished as she is in the other books. Even like in her, like I, like I read a couple of passages in the other books of like how she was talking to other people, different situations, how she would talk inside her head versus how she was actually interacting with others or describing what she was saying. And the voice just didn't feel totally consistent for me. I'm really sorry to say it, and I didn't want to bring it up because I hope Beatrice doesn't hear this and like cry. <laughs> I think that's good feedback, though. That that one expression that she used all the time, "Lord, what was it?" You know, what I'm Lord they, Lord yeah. they, Lord they. I thought, or they, Lord, they, they, Lord. That's what. Yeah, I mean. maybe it's they, Lord. Yeah, I just, yeah, you're right. I mean. I still love the story, still love the book. It really bothered me at the beginning and eventually I just got over it and started inserting L-Y in my head <laughs> when I was reading it, but, I, and I just needed to sense check myself and I, I don't know. I'd be curious definitely to hear from others who've read the book and if they agree and feel like, you know, especially if they've read them super close together back to back, if they also feel like the voice is maybe a little bit different. 
where'd you land on that topic, Pammy? Because I know we chatted about this when we started reading this snippet preview. Yeah. So first of all, it is they, Lord, I just checked. But yeah, so that's what I was going to say that I'll back you up on this because we, we got that sneak preview, whatever, which was the first couple chapters. So we got to read Ella's first chapter and then get in. And I felt the same way. I read like two pages and I was like, oh, what was happening? Why is she talking like that? I honestly kept waiting for it to be like a dream or like someone was impersonating her or something like that. So like you said, though, I didn't feel as eh about it, the whole book. So I don't know if I got used to it or if it was stronger at the beginning for some reason. Um, and maybe because of like the trauma they'd been through, you know, maybe that was the idea there is that what had happened up in Halifax, is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if that contributed to why she might be, because the truth is we know that she was raised, you know, Appalachian, you know, but, but she also went to boarding school. So we know that, and, and we saw her in the first two books changing up you know, her dialect according to where she was and who she was with. So yeah, I I definitely had a hard time with it too. Yeah. I just, the only thing I wonder about is when she was, because she was with Anson, she felt like she could then be herself. Mm. And that's why we saw more of that than we had in the past. It just felt like she was more into the dialect than she's ever been before. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like she and was I don't think an we, at the, like when she would be at the speakeasy or wherever in the wicked city or in uh, the wicked redhead that she had to put on this city girl kind of act when really she was a country girl from the backwoods, you know, little hovel of a house, creepy stepdad, you know, too many little brats running around, that kind of thing. And maybe that's why it felt so different this time. What's that? I said, maybe that's why it felt so different this time, because there really weren't a ton of scenes here where she was out in front of people and having to be that polished person. Um, I felt like that happened more in the first two books, but she seemed different this time. Yeah, I would say when she talked to Teresa Marshall and when she talked to Granny. Those would be the two times where she was really with someone that she might have wanted to try to impress. But that was probably about it, right? The rest of the time um, was with Mabel. Anson. When she was with right, Mabel. Right, when she met Mabel, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like what you're saying, Natalie, is that when you went back and looked, even when she was in her head or just talking to us, because again, that's something we've always loved about her. She speaks to us, as a lot of Beatrice characters do, and I love that me too so i'd be totally down for reading the whole trilogy not trilogy again right (laughs) we're gonna have to for book four of course right what do you call when it gets to four quadruple series quartet quartet (laughs) i don't know let's not limit her to four i don't know if she's gonna be able to wrap it up good point Okay, I feel like I just got a weight off my chest. <laughs> Anything else that we want to talk about with this book? <laughs> this is one of those books that I feel like guilty ending the discussion because of course we missed something. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And especially because this was our first read of it. Right. We definitely missed things. And it was so delicious. Just, oh, so good. And the truth is I didn't really write many things down while I was reading because I, I was devouring it. Too much. Yes. Yeah. So most of the things I would think of, like I said, like in the shower or while I was driving, and then I would try to remember, that's probably why that in one note was in the wrong place because <laughs> I was quickly adding it, you know, to the doc. I so. think all the notes I wrote, I wrote right after I finished the whole book, uh, except for maybe the one, maybe the very, I don't know, there was one I may have, no, that was the one I sent to you, Natalie, <laughs> about Teresa. I yeah, kept when thinking, you were having the non-book talk. Oh my gosh. Yeah, when we were having the non-book talk. I kept thinking, I would love to see these books as a movie. Oh. Uh, or, or a show. Well, would you? Only if they, if did, they did it exactly right. as Beatrice wrote it. Only yeah. if Beatrice gets to help produce it. And yeah. only if Jen is who a girl that I'm going to adore, because I adore Jen. I kind of have an idea of who I, like... I have like a little picture of Ella in my mind. So I think hers would be easier, but Jin has got to be a really amazing character. To play. I mean, actress to play her. See, it's funny because I have a harder time picturing Ella. Mm -hmm. I Same. can picture Ella. But uh, let's just go back to her for a second because I feel like I liked her more this time. I did too. Not that I ever disliked her, but I was kind of really into her more this time I think I think in the past books she was a little bit more like wishy-washy wasn't sure how she was feeling whereas in this one she was like this is what I want to do I don't know there's something yeah, about her confidence was, level right but that's because she had been punched in the gut when she caught her husband in the in the hallway with a prostitute and well so, right the, yes the her the her legs were knocked out from under her she was flailing she had no idea what was going on and then to on top of all that to start having all this morning sickness and not knowing that she was pregnant I mean sure and then to be fired from her job yeah I would feel the same way I would be like a basket case I just want to let you know I've been taking shots every time mom says prostitute and I've taken three shots now <laughs> um I for a second when I you said her? shots I was thinking of screenshots because do you see her face when she says it? She says it so aggressively, like prostitute. <laughs> prostitute. Because it's disgusting. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh. I mean, listen, uh, that was in book one. That was disgusting. Gotta say, there were a couple scenes this time that I was like, whoa, B. Whoa, um, girl. Right? You like warned ginger. us, but okay, dang. And speaking of which. Wasn't it crazy that Jin was having dreams about what was happening between yes. Lorella and Anson? That was oh, so crazy. But she did that in the last book too, with the whole pirates thing. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yep. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that, Natalie. That's yeah. right. And I think that's kind of supposed to be like her connection with Jin too. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> Ella. We are talking about yeah. Jin it's with Jin. Ella. <laughs> like the whole. Because, yeah, think about, like, Ella's, the, the buttons buzzing, the buzzing in her fingers, and then hearing her voice. Don't go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like a little shout out to Karen, I feel like. Yes, Maybe. I agree. Maybe. You know, her girl, Karen White. We're talking about Karen White, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, so good, so good. So anyway, it's hard to end a discussion on a book this fabulous. With so satisfying to read. Can you believe? I mean, I can't imagine why she is not like at the top of the bestsellers list every single time she releases a book because her books are so incredibly good. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just ridiculously a fan of yours, Beatrice. But oh, so good, you write so well. Well, we have seen, remember when we used to include criticism, that some of the criticism is the complication. And I don't think everyone can handle it. Just saying. Whatever. Because the plots are complicated. I suppose the bestsellers uh, appeal to the, you know, the masses, the the average person and, you know. careful <laughs> I'm just kidding. oh my all right anything else no but i want to read it again and again you can you own it now so. you're allowed feel free i shall speaking of did you get your not yet still haven't gotten my prize pack with my wicked widow coffee mug and early reader copy <laughs> Oh, no. That's okay. That's okay because you're still getting it. Right. I sure. hope. I'm, and it's going to have a signature, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful it actually ever comes. Yeah. I'm nervous. I think it will. I think that's fun. All right. I just, wanted, I just wanted you to have a chance to brag about it. I didn't do anything to win it besides showing up in this particular instance, but I still appreciate it. So what are we, tough act to follow, what are we attempting to follow this book with? All right, listeners, we are going to come back in two weeks with a book called The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. In the meantime, as always, make sure you share our podcast with everyone you know. Until we read again. (laughs) 